hi everybody this is Chilisa. thank you so much for coming back to my channel everyone and for listening in the podcast it's february 9 2024 it's friday i'm here to do a follow-up video on the michelle trucanes case i if you are following this case you probably know by now that they didn't have a session today friday february 9 and they're not going to have another session on monday coming up the 12th so it's so crazy because you get so um you know, I've been I've been following this case. I said this many times since I heard about a mom missing from New Canaan, which is very close from where I live right now. So I've been following this case for so long, but looking at everything, the trial and knowing and seeing the evidence, it's like you get so involved. Um, I guess you can say mentally, and then everything that happened this week was just so like in your face. And I think, to be honest, I think the state is doing such a great job. And I think that Michelle Troconis, she needs to like, the state will not be following you so hard if they didn't have enough proof that you were, that she was somewhere, somewhat involved in this. There's no way. It would have been so easy for the state to say, you know what, it was Fotis who did this whole thing and you're, you know, you had nothing to do with it. It's been already four years. Okay. I feel like the state is being very patient and very, um, they have been patient. It's been, it took four years for the trial to begin. So, I mean, yeah, kind of like almost four years. Um, So I think that, they're being patient when it comes to, you know, taking their time to go through all the evidence, going by, I mean, the session that they had yesterday about the GPS, and, you know, I'm like, wow, it's like, at some point it was kind of boring looking at the trial, but then it's like, wow, there's a reason why they're putting all of that out there. And I think everything is gonna tie it up together and it's gonna make sense more and, to the reason why Michelle Trocanas is on trial right now. And I understand a lot of people are debating this. And in the beginning, I have to say, in the beginning of the trial, I will go back and forth. I'm like, I don't understand, you know, maybe maybe it's right, maybe she didn't know what he was doing on Albany Avenue. And then you will see more evidence and you're like, how can she not know? And to be honest, guys, following this case, what did it for me? was watching the surveillance videos at the Starbucks. If you haven't seen that, I would recommend you watch that. And if you know anything about body language and behavior, um, do research before you watch it or maybe afterwards so you can see what I'm talking about. The surveillance videos, when they stop at the Starbucks right after they were caught on camera dumping all the bags at different trash cans in, on Albany Avenue that Friday, tell says a lot. Says a lot their their movement, the way she was talking to him. You know, you couldn't understand, like you couldn't hear, there was no audio, but the way they were looking. And she, the entire time at Starbucks, this woman had her arms crossed. Even like when the cashier's giving her her receipt back, like she, it was just so awkward, so so telling for me that I'm like, I, I think I'm done here. Like there's nothing else really. I don't want to see more evidence. It's so clearly.
she knew what he was up to and like i said even like it looked as though these people who drink starbucks like for you know they always mention starbucks even powell um community who work with them say they always had like coffee cups in their cars and things like that the way they were behaving at Starbucks, like they never been to one before. You know, when you, you place your order, you pay for it, and then you have to wait on the other side. Like the cashier had to tell them basically to kind of move to the waiting area. Like, are you kidding me? It's so, it was just so obvious. Something was up and she definitely knew about it. I think that's what I mean. Like that did it for me. And like what I'm saying, being involved in the sense of researching so much and watching the case on a daily basis, I actually had a dream last night that I was watching this breaking news. It was so crazy. You know, I'm like, oh man, she said it. I was like, oh, this person. It's almost like I heard the Lord say like, how long, Michelle, how long are you gonna play this game? You have your whole family involved. You have Jennifer Dulo's families involved. You have your lawyer, the state, the court, everybody involved in this. And the breaking news that I saw was, like I said in my dream, Michelle Trucanas confesses and leads police to Jennifer's body. I was like, thank you. I was like, thank you, Jesus. She finally said it. Like, the more you lie about something, it, it, it's going to leave one light to the next, one light to the next. If she would have known, if she would have already had come out on May 24, 2019, and say, man, for this, you're acting strange. What is up with you? Something, you did something, I can tell. This is the man you've been living with for so long. And it was so crazy because the dream I had, she actually said she did it. That she actually took part in it. And, and then you think about the evidence, right? And you're like, man, there was two ponchos. And you're like, wait a second, but you know, there were two ponchos and the cleaning done at Jennifer garage was very, very well done. And the whole hand dream, like I said in my previous episode, the whole, Cutting her clothing, Jennifer's um, Dulo's clothing, you know, you have to understand. And, you know, please hear me out. And I said this before. I made a whole bit about why was, why was Jennifer Dulo's clothing cut? And then I said, that is so such a way that paramedics cut the victim clothing when they're trying to save them. They cut right through the center. Even her bra was cut right through the center. So... I don't see, this is so weird, I don't see Fotis Dulos driving to New Canaan, parking, riding his bike all the way to Jennifer's house, and then, let's just say, hiding away, excuse me, I gotta get some water, Um, hiding and waiting, and then waiting for her to get there attacking her, doing the cleanup, putting her in the car. It's like when criminals 
when we hear about, you see, you watch the news and you hear, they usually, when they're so angry about somebody and they, they decide to do that, they actually turn their face because they don't want to see them, you know, because they're so angry. That's why it leads them to do something like that. To have the cut, the clothing cut all the way to the center like that, not just one layer of clothing, also her bra, that tells you it's too much handling of the body. I know this is graphic, but this is, I just don't see somebody doing all of that, like one person doing all of that. You know what I mean? Because that's like, that's like too much handling of the body. He had to like, I know he was evil and I know he, he, she was afraid of him, but I feel like that is just an extreme. Usually they cover the, the victim's faces. They cover, they put the shield over their face. It's like, I don't see them anymore. That's why they're so angry. It's almost like he had to have another person there to be like, okay, I'll do it. You're obviously like too shaky. You, you know. These are not people who have killed before. Apparently, like from what we know, they haven't done that before. So it's just too much, I think, for him to do all of that by himself. And you have to also think about, but anyways, finishing up with the dream that I had, I remember just getting up and turning the TV on and I'm like, I'm gonna record, this is amazing. Finally, I remember saying, thank God Michelle finally confesses and she's leading police. The whole trial got canceled immediately. They're going in the field. They're going to find the body because she said she, she was going to do that. And I was like, wow, thank God for that. And I'm like, oh, man, when I woke up, I'm like, oh, that was just me dreaming. I just feel like if she would have just say it, just help this family. You know, even reading back um, some of the text messages and that uh, they presented this week and how the way she was like, oh, you know, she that, that bee should be buried next to the dog. That was she, how she was referring to Jennifer. It's almost like this is so strange. It's almost like there was a pridefulness that she got from being with photos even though she knew that he was marrying everything, but it's almost like she saw him as a, the ultimate, you know, like the, pri the, the most wonderful thing that could happen to her in her life. The problem with that was that he was married and he also was using his wife's parents' money to do everything that he did with his business. So, you know, this whole mess that she created for herself, Michelle Troconis, look at what, what it got her. And I, you know, I was like, man, if she could just say it. And I told you guys about the art exhibition that they're doing to celebrate her innocence. I cannot believe here in Connecticut that's even being allowed. Um, her family speaking after the trial, like I get it, that's your daughter, I get it. But putting all that aside, maybe you can speak after the trial, okay? Because at the end of the day, this community here in Connecticut lost a mom of five that was just trying to do the best that she could for her kids. 
and you have to have prudence also. The Michelle Trucones family needs to have morals and, pr and prudence and be like, it's not the right time to, for you to talk right now. Wait until the trial is over. And then you can speak all the positive things that you know your daughter was or used to be or is for you, you know? Like, it's just, the more they speak, it gets worse, almost like her lawyer. Um, but it's one thing, though, about this case that I was just thinking, you have to think, when the crime happened in New Canaan, that we know she got attacked. We know Jennifer got attacked in her garage, right? How is it though that Lauren Almeida, when she got there around 11.30, didn't see any anything wet in the concrete of the garage? There was nothing wet. To be like, oh, somebody spilled something here? Why is everything all like swiped down? Like, And I understand you have to think also, maybe it was a hot summer day and it dries so very fast. That could be a, a reason. I just feel like the cleaning part of this whole attack in Jennifer's garage, they miss so little. It's almost like they definitely bound her there, attacked and bound, and then put into a vehicle. And, you know, whatever happened after, who knows, right? Michelle knows, but she doesn't want to talk. So it's, I was thinking about how come there was no wet concrete on the garage when Lauren Almeida got there, um, that she would have been like, oh, somebody been cleaning something strange. Because the, the amount of blood that was in the garage is so limited. Some major cleanup happened. That's what I'm saying. I don't, these are not, like Fortis Dulos didn't have a criminal record that killed like 10,000 people like before in the past. So the cleaning that was done at Jennifer's garage was very, very well done to just leave little bits of blood, you know, and they, it was only left because it, it was like across in the car that was parked there, that's a black color car that's hard to see. If you tell me it was the Jeep, the white Jeep Cherokee that Fortis had that Michelle drove most of the time, you know, that Lauren will be like, oh, wow, that is weird to have blood, you know, like call the police to even go in the house. So I don't see, I just, I can't see. I, there were two ponchos, two sets of gloves. That's another person's um, equipment. That is another person, okay? You also have to think, there's so many things that you, you also have to think like, he's attacking her and there's nobody looking on be like, man, what if the cleaning lady shows up? Like you don't know her schedule. She could have changed her schedule that week. Like Jennifer changed her car that she was gonna use. I mean, that's what Lauren Almeida say immediately when she got home. She's like, oh, she didn't take this, the, the, the other car like she said she was going to do. So people's schedule change, uh, change very often. It happens, you know, on our daily basis and it happens for our work, right? You can be like, oh, I'm coming late today because I have an appointment. What if the cleaning lady has switched up her days and she will show up? 
or maybe Jennifer was getting a delivery. Imagine walking into that scene. Somebody had to be the lookout for photos that day. He did not do this alone, okay? It is insane for Michelle Trucanis. I, I cannot let, I cannot just say it like, oh no, she's good to go. It is insane for her to play this game, still play this game and say, I had nothing to do with I had no idea what he was up to. When two days before, he went to visit his kids and you ask him, how did it go? And you got every detail about it to the point that you got so upset with him because the visitation took place at Jennifer's house and not at Grace Fan like you, you guys agreed or were spoke, uh, spoke about it before. She got so upset. And now, two days after, you're already upset with him and you're suspicious of him, whatever. Like maybe he apologized, whatever. And within, within Thursday into Friday, on Friday afternoon, in evening, you're going to say, I don't know what he's doing. His phone is ringing like crazy. And you only answer the phone from his friend from Greece, right? Every other call, you don't answer. And you don't say, wait, is that Jennifer calling you? That Because you were just angry about him going to Jennifer's house two days ago. And now you're not, you don't question anything that he does. I don't know what he's doing. You were just putting, being jealous about him going to Jennifer's house. And then a day and a half after, you're dropping bags all over the place. And you don't say, hey, do, there's no suspicions on her at all. She's basically telling us... You know, I was angry with him because he went to Jennifer's house for that visitation that Wednesday. But the two days after, his phone is ringing off the hook. She doesn't answer. She only answered that call from his friend from Greece as planned. And, you know, and then he's dropping back on Albany Avenue. I don't ask him any questions. I just, you know, that's what he does, right? She's not jealous or anything. She's already passed that day and a half ago that happened. And they're going to Starbucks, and then the body language is giving them up so bad. So it's just strange to me. But anyways, let me know what you guys think about this case. Thank you so much for coming back to my channel and listening to the podcast. Have a good day. God bless.